Hello, Duck fans. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the show. Very excited to have you here today. First of all, I'd like to take a moment to thank the frontline workers out there, keeping the grocery stores open and the shelves stocked as best they can, putting their lives on the line, and especially to the healthcare workers that are taking care of our sick and dying in the hospitals and care facilities. Really appreciate you. I also appreciate you listeners tuning in today. Got a great show. If you remember, we did our draft show review yesterday, and we talked about the four Oregon Ducks who are drafted in the 2020 NFL Draft. Today we're going to be talking about those undrafted free agents or undrafted rookie free agents today. We got a couple of special guests on the show today. We got Kevin from Locked on Ravens to talk about their acquisition of Jake Breeland, And we'll be talking to... Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons about Bryson Young. Uh, Tomorrow, we do have the host of Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. We'll be talking about Calvin Throckmorton, Juwan Johnson, and Gus Cumberlander. And Thursday and Friday, we're going to be with James Voss talking about the quarterbacks and running backs position groups. So a lot of really good stuff coming up. Really excited to have this opportunity to connect with the network and be able to bring you the best content available, especially when things are are a little hectic and I'm fortunate to be able to be sitting at home talking to you about it. Let me go down here and uh, turn the knob and we'll get started. You have too much to give to say silent. That's what he said. That's what he believed. That's what he lived. The American in front, almost a cult in the United States. He's a sort of athletic beetle. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy, and you can always follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Ducks. And please send in those questions and comments to hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. And if Twitter's not your jam, we do have a Facebook page. You can always reach out to me there. Just look for Locked on Ducks on Facebook. You'll find the Facebook page. You can also find me, Jordan Long, on Facebook. Give me a follow there. The The picture I have is of the Locked on Ducks logo, so you can't miss it. And do take the moment to click subscribe or follow on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. Really appreciate it. Probably one of the best ways to support the show. Always really good to have those subscribers and followers. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave five out of five stars review. If you don't think I deserve five out of five stars, go ahead and leave five anyway. Just... Take a moment to leave a show review. I'll go ahead and fix it, and uh, we'll get it right for you. I like to think of this as the People's Podcast. I want to make it fun for you, fun for me, interactive, and have a good time. But for now, on to the action. All right, I'm joined by Kevin Ostreicher from Locked on Ravens, also a contributor for Ravens Wire. You can find him on Twitter at Kostreicher, that's K-O-E-S-T-R-E-I-C-H-E-R-3-4, and at Locked on Ravens on Twitter. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well, Jordan. It was a whirlwind of a weekend, but I'm excited with what the Ravens were able to do in the draft, not only with their picks that they had, but also in undrafted for agencies we're going to get into. Pretty sure the the Ravens were among the, the best drafts. Really excited uh, to follow them this year. Really excited what, what they're doing. And I definitely want to get into some of that as we uh, as we talk about Jake Breland. So, yeah, so Jake Breland picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Ravens. You know, he's a, a big tight end, six foot five, 250 pounds. 
he actually started high school as a quarterback and then transitioned to the tight end position. And when he started at Oregon, he was only 220, bulked up 30 pounds while he was in college. And as you know, there was this injury, and I think we're going to talk a bit about that, but I kind of want to focus on his production prior to the injury, which was a torn ACL and a torn meniscus against Colorado in week six. In that game, before he went down, he had three receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. All season last year, 26 catches, 405 yards, six touchdowns. And believe it or not, in those six games, six touchdowns by a tight end led the Pac-12 last season. And in fact, he was a pro football-focused midseason All-American and was on pace for the Mackey Award. Uh, he's actually fourth among all tight ends in yards with 1,225, and almost half of those are yak yards. Very excited about that, and we're going to talk about that in a second. He also has a career 74 receptions, 13 touchdowns, and averaging over 16.5 yards per catch. A third of those catches are for 20-plus yards, so... We're going to be talking about how he's been criticized as kind of a dink and dunk, uh, slip screen guy, but he definitely can catch and run in the open. And I think that bears out with these numbers. His father is Garrett Breland, who played linebacker at USC and was drafted by the Rams in 1986. Now, sadly, uh, Garrett passed away just a week after Jake signed with the Ducks, but I've noticed in this draft, and this might be the case every year, but this seems like a big second-generation draft. So he has the genes, right? He's got the, the DNA for this. And he's also besties with none other than Justin Herbert. They roommate it all through college and remain best friends to this day. So, you know, as a former high school quarterback, I'm sure he's sitting there up, up late talking to Justin Herbert about schemes, ideas, thoughts, focusing on football. Now, regarding the injury, he skipped the All-Star Games to heal, but did attend the Combine, weighed in, measured, didn't participate in Oregon's Pro Day, which was one of the last before the uh, sports apocalypse hit. And before he went down, he was even eyed by the Patriots at number 23. In fact, Mike DeBate from Lockdown Patriots said he was a good fit, a really good fit, and he agreed with the placement. But after the injury... He's more of a, a good mid-round target, and CBS Sports had him in their mid-season mock last year, or last season, in the first round. And without the injury, I really think he's a top tight end in the class. If I mean, it's not a great tight end class, but I think he would have been one of the, the best tight ends uh, available this year. This tight end class was a little weird. It was There wasn't really any top-end talent, but then you you have guys like Cole Komet, Adam Troutman, and I think Jacob Breland would have been right in those, that bunch with without the injury but overall I think that the Ravens got a little lucky with you know him falling out of the draft obviously the injury a big part you know to play in that but there were a lot of I'll, I'll call them pretty decent tight ends that fell out of this draft including guys like Thaddeus Moss Hunter Bryant this was a deep tight end class when you look at you know the mid to late round talent but you have mm -hmm. the early rounds talent it wasn't really there I, I totally agree and one of the things that really I mean, obviously we talk about tight ends being big, but Jake Breland is physical, very strong, ten, almost 10-inch hands, and he's got good blocking ability, a very broad catch radius. He tracks the ball well, and I love the way he fights for extra yards. You know, we mentioned the yak yards earlier. Really great ability to catch through contact. Now, at Oregon, in their kind of spread RPO offense, he was 
used as a traditional Y, but he was often employed as an H-back and even occasionally in the slot. So a lot of versatility there, in my opinion. And like I talked about, his there's this criticism that a lot of his catches came from, you know, these screen passes and dink and dunk stuff. But, you know, I want to talk about how, what kind of scheme fit he's going to be for the Ravens. Now, my understanding is that they use tight ends a lot. In fact, isn't it, there's this perception that Lamar Jackson uses wide receivers less than than most, right? Like a kind of run-oriented uh, a game plan. Yeah, for Baltimore, their offense has been pretty centered around tight ends for a while now. But with Lamar Jackson and with the RPO offense that they run, you mentioned you know Oregon runs a bit of that as well. So I think Breland is a really good fit. There are a lot of sources out there where after Baltimore signed Breland – they were pretty excited. The mood around the building was they were really happy that they ended up getting this guy. They also brought in Eli Wolf, the tight, out of, the tight end out of Georgia, who ran that 4-4-3 at his pro day being 6-5, right. I believe, 2-43. So in my eyes, the third tight end position, which is actually a very key, important role on the Ravens, because you're right, they run a lot of three tight end sets. They have tight ends who can do things across the board. And the way the Ravens work is they have – a tight end who's really good at receiving, but not as good as blocking in Mark Andrews. They have a tight end who's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, but his receiving skills aren't there as much as Andrews and Nick Boyle. Hayden Hurst, who the Ravens traded away to the Atlanta Falcons for a second round pick, Mm -hmm. he was the guy who was kind of that balance. The Ravens wanted to find that, whether it be through the draft or through free agency. And what it's looking like is there are three tight ends who could, I think, realistically make this roster. You know, I don't think they're going to bring in somebody from free agency anymore. This is going to come down to Charles Scarf, who was an undrafted free agent out of Delaware last year, and then Breland and Wolf. And what I like about Breland is is his ability to do both, to block and to mm-hmm. be a good receiver. We got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're talking to the host of Locked on Ravens about Jake Breland. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host, and we're talking to Kevin Ostriker, the host of Locked on Ravens, about undrafted rookie free agent Jake Breland. Yeah, I, I, I think his run blocking is is quite good, and I think that's really going to fit in well with the Ravens. Now, there's this, I, I, I think there's this perception that they kind of defy the modern convention by focusing on the run. And in fact, if I could be a little bold here, I think it what it might be what Seattle is trying to do, but failing at. And that's really what I love about Lamar Jackson and what the Ravens are doing is that they're, they're emphasizing uh, good run protection, this three tight end sets and, and having a mobile quarterback. Yeah, the the whole league is kind of shifting towards this pass mentality where it's just air the ball out 500 yards a game through the air. The Ravens are really doing the exact opposite. They were the leading rushing team last year. They were the first team in NFL history to rush for over 200 yards a game as well as pass for over 200 yards a game. So they're really trying to redefine, you know, what football is for them while all these other teams are going in one direction the Ravens are going in their own direction and for that they don't really care about what other teams are doing they're going to find guys who fit their scheme you know they built this whole offense around Lamar Jackson in the hopes to maximize his ability and they're doing just that but what he needs what Lamar Jackson needs is tight ends who fit the profile of guys who are good run blockers who are willing blockers who won't you know complain if they don't get you know 10 receptions in a game you know that's the mantra for wide receivers as well so with the Ravens and their running style I think Breland fits in really well absolutely you know that really 
addresses a lot of that. The things I wanted to talk about. Is there any questions? I can, are there any questions I can answer for you, or anything that we didn't get to that you want to talk about today? I get one of them was you know, Breland. You know, the six touchdowns in six games really came on at Oregon. The production pre twenty nineteen season. Was there any hype surrounding him whatsoever at Oregon? We had uh, Cam McCormick was going to be our number one tight end. But the thing is, when he went down, it really gave Jake Breland a chance to excel and get the majority of those touches. And had he not been injured, he would have been uh, Justin Herbert's primary target. So really having a a balanced tight end room up until uh, the beginning of the 2019 season prevented Jake Breland from being as outstanding as he was. But the fact that he was a clear number one going into this season and very unfortunately uh, uh, having his knee injury in week six uh, really had a chance to stand out going into the draft. And then the Ravens, they really care about character. They want guys in that locker room who are going to be able to mesh with the guys who aren't going to have any legal issues, who are good people in general. Is Breland one of those high character guys? Not only is he one of those high character guys, but he's part of uh, what was the most experienced offensive line last season. And rooming with a guy like Justin Herbert, I think that all of this speaks to his character. Mario Cristobal was uh, an offensive lineman in the early 90s on that Miami uh, championship team, and he really cultivates not only a strong offensive line, but a strong mentality and a, and a good character locker room. And I, I think that's an important question, and, and he absolutely fits that bill. There have been no off-field or on-field issues with these guys. And then finally, my last question, the injury obviously played a big part in the fall. And that injury, it can hurt some guys, not only physically, but mentally. How, at least from your perspective, is his recovery going? I think his recovery is going really well. He's had that kind of chip on his shoulder mentality, knowing that he would have been a top tight end had he not been injured. And he's carrying that with him, looking for an opportunity to prove that he is just as good as he was before the injury. You know, I know Troy Dye had a torn meniscus as well, and uh, a misdiagnosed MRI caused him to play through it for the rest of the season. But when you throw in the torn ACL, Jake Breland was clearly out. And he's been working hard to come back, and he uh, wasn't able to participate at the pro day, but he's ready to go. And I think he's going to be ready to go you know, as soon as they're able to do, I think they're doing virtual uh, spring training camps uh, right now. So he's going to be ready to go. I don't think the injury is going to be affecting his mentality or stick to it. He's very tough, very strong, and very hardworking tight end. Good. You know, all good things when it comes to Jake Breland and somebody who I really think has a realistic shot to make this roster. Absolutely. It's been really good talking to you, Kevin. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, let let my listeners know before I let you go? I think that's it. If you guys are Ravens fans, want to, you know, have some pro football perspective along with the great coverage of the Ducks you have here, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Ravens. And, and that's all. Absolutely. I know that uh, the Oregon Ducks faithful will be following Jake Breland throughout his career. So you're going to have you're definitely going to have us tuning in to find out how things are going. Great talking to you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Stay safe, stay healthy and remember to stay happy during these crazy times and take care, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that was the host of Locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. Next up, we're going to be talking to the host of Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. It's a great interview. Going to have good times. Thanks for staying tuned. 
All right, welcome back to Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and I'm joined by Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons and Pro Football Central's Falcon Central Radio. You can find him on Twitter at FalcFans and at Locked On Falcons. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great today, man. Yeah, very excited to be able to do this from home at a time when a lot of people are either stuck at home or unable to go to work. So uh, blessed and happy. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk to you today because Bryson Young is an undrafted rookie free agent brought on by the Falcons. And, you know, <laughs> I got to start out by saying that Bryson's nickname is Blackhawk. And I love that because I was a, an Army Blackhawk pilot for four years. I know my listeners have already heard that stuff, but uh, thought that was really fitting. Also, uh, six foot five, 200, almost 250 pounds. Now, I have to admit that I wasn't anticipating Bryson to go in the draft. And so I didn't have my usual, you know, months of prep going into this. And so I'm going to be talking a little bit about where he came from in high school and coming up through the Oregon Ducks. And then I want to talk a little bit about how exciting it is to have him moving on to the NFL level. Um, He's a really dynamic player. I think we're going to have some really exciting stuff here. So he was a consensus four star coming out of high school. He actually played defensive end in high school. And at Oregon, he played in 36 games through his junior year, including on special teams. Now, my listeners have heard me harp on this before, but like the other Oregon players, Justin Herbert, Troy Dye, everyone else, they played under three different coaches and three different schemes. And this last season, he had a breakout year as a senior under new defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos. And He had 24 solo tackles, 32 tackles assisted, six tackles for a loss, two sacks, an interception. But what he started last season was in what Andy Avalos calls the the stud position. Now, I know that hybrid positions aren't aren't new to college, not new to the NFL especially, but this is is what Andy Avalos describes as a hybrid defensive end and and linebacker. Now, it doesn't seem that uncommon, and, and... Names like Clowney, Watt, Suggs come to mind. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Bryson's going to go on to be one of those guys, but I think they succeed from having a similar hybrid role and a a similar physicality that that can accommodate that role. It requires size and mobility. It has rush and pass capability. And, I mean, this guy can play hands down in a three-point stance, taking tackles head on, or drop into coverage. He has that athleticism and speed. And what this did at Oregon was allow for multiple fronts on defense, right? And I want to hear from you in, in, in a second about whether or not this is a great fit for the Falcons' defense, but they're switching 3-4-4-3 with this stud linebacker, as Andy Avlos called it. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue the interview with Locked On Falcons' Aaron Freeman about Bryson Young. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and I'm playing an interview that I had with the host of Locked On Falcons about Bryson Young. And in fact, Bryson, when he was when Andy Avalos came on and moved him to the stud linebacker position, Bryson said, it's more aggressive, more attacking, and less thinking. You just play fast. Now, I want to, I want to take a second to point out that this shouldn't be taken like he's not a thinker, right? It's just that he's been schemed up to succeed with quick reactions at the point of attack while maintaining the ability to to kind of drop back using that size and that speed to cover passing lanes as well as being able to face up against tackles. And Cristobal, Mario Cristobal, described him as having a relentless motor, 
great attention to detail and and a high desire to achieve. And over the, the, the time he was at Oregon, and especially in this breakout year last year, in fact, he excelled and grew both in attacking at the, the, the run and in the pass. Now, the tale of the tape is that he's fast enough to run down receivers and runners. I really like the way he gets in and manhandles people. And, you know, he, he's not the most technical uh, with, with his moves, but and, and I think that can be trained into him. But even if his first moves weren't succeeding, he's athletic enough to chase people down after moving off the tackle. And one of the things that he really excels at here in this stud position is being too quick for tackles, but fast enough to drop back into coverage, you know, while being able to handle the tight ends and, and this middle part of the field. You know, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that Bryson, you know, the, the scheme is asking him to not think as much because that's been a big part of the philosophy of the Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn, which is, you know, people can criticize the scheme as being pretty vanilla, but they always say with their defenses, we want guys to play fast and we don't want them to have to do a lot of thinking. So we kind of simplify the scheme and it allows guys to go out there and be playmakers. And we saw that to a high degree of success in Seattle. It hasn't quite worked as well in Atlanta, but hopefully things are, are starting to sort of turn around. They finished pretty strong defensively in the second half of the season. And with Bryson, I think he's he's coming into an interesting situation because you talk about that hybrid ability, and I think that will help him when it comes to potentially challenging for a roster spot. Uh, we know it's, it's difficult for undrafted free agents to wind up making NFL teams, mm-hmm. but he's, he's going to a, a, a part of the Falcons roster that they're pretty thin on. They, they do need some, some edge rushers. Uh, they also sort of need a, a strong side linebacker. And one of the things that the, the Falcons have preferred in their strong side linebackers is a guy that can, you know, stand up and play that linebacker role when it comes to the run. But, if push comes to shove, they can put their hand in the dirt and rush the quarterback. And they've had some success with some guys that can do that. And Bryson seems to sound like a, a player that certainly fits that bill. And if he can come into training camp and and flash those abilities that you just outlined, I do think you know he's got a better than average shot than your typical undrafted free agent when it comes um, to making the Falcons roster. And so. You know, I think um, the one thing that always seems to be the the sticking point for these undrafted free agents is, you know, can they perform on special teams? And if I'm not mistaken, you know, Bryson only started one year. So I imagine probably early in his career, he, he was playing a lot of special teams. Is that a correct assumption? Yes, it was. Uh, during his first three years, in his 36 games during those first three years, uh, uh, a lot of that was played on special teams. Absolutely. So I, I think if that's the case and, and he can use those that experience, uh, then, you know, he's got a, a decent shot. Uh, uh, as I said, you know, more better than the average undrafted free agent to potentially land uh, on a roster spot for where the Falcons are relatively thin. You know, one of the things I think that is advantageous and, and, and to to these duck uh, free agents and that the Falcons are pretty smart in doing here, and, and I don't want to be too presumptuous, but we're looking at a, an abridged offseason if we're going to have, you know, spring training and OTAs at all. I mean, when you're looking at the Oregon Ducks draft class, you're looking at uh, a group of men who have 
started under a variety of schemes and really were able to lock it down uh, in, in this last season and show that they have what could be considered experience coming out of college. And so in an off season where you're not going to get to, de- maybe not get the chance to develop uh, uh, draft prospects and, and undrafted rookie free agents the way you normally would because of COVID-19, you're looking at a group of individuals, and this includes Bryson, that have enough experience and versatility to be able to step in and work for that spot should we hit the ground running in the fall. Yeah, I think that's a great point there, and it'll be interesting. I think one of the topics I've discussed quite a bit on Locked on Falcons is the fact that the Falcons have a veteran coaching staff that's now going into their sixth season there, will that give them a potential leg up versus some other NFL teams that are going with, you know, relatively new coaching staffs or, or major changes in their offseason and needing to try to get some veteran players, you know, to hit the ground running and the Falcons don't necessarily have to deal with as much of that and getting a player like Bryson who among their undrafted free agents is one of the guys that came from one of the bigger schools I think also could potentially give him a leg up when it comes to the competition uh, later this year it's very exciting stuff and very good stuff and if I can deviate from Bryson for just a second to get your opinion on the fact that uh, Justin Herbert has more than more than once called out Matt Ryan as someone who he's watched for uh, mechanics and uh, style of play. Um, do you have any thoughts or, 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 or input that, that you could give us Duck fans on how that might serve Justin Herbert now that he's uh, an NFL quarterback? Well, it's interesting because, you know, when I watch Justin Herbert, you know, I, I see a player that is much more physically gifted than Matt Ryan with the big arm and the, and the mobility. And that's never really been something that Matt Ryan's game has been predicated on. But because of that, Matt Ryan's always been a guy that's tried to win from the neck up to sort of compensate for the fact that, you know, relative to a lot of quarterbacks, he's not going to be the big flashy guy that's going to, you know, throw those, you know, 20, 30 yard passes on a frozen rope and then be able to extend plays with his legs as much. He's gotten better at that as he's gotten into the Mm -hmm. NFL, but it's certainly not something that you would call a strength. No one would, you know, argue that Matt Ryan is an athletic quarterback. But I think when it comes to Justin, you know, and he has those sorts of tools so he can always sort of get himself out of trouble in a lot of ways because of his physical gifts. But if he sort of work, if he approaches the game like Matt Ryan has and, and thinks of it as I don't have the big arm, I don't have the legs and I need to get, you know, my mind right, so to speak, um, and, and do all the things from the neck up with the awareness and the anticipation and being able to read coverages and whatnot, all those things that Matt Ryan excels at. Then, you know, couple that with the physical tools that he has, then he can be a complete package and be the type of franchise quarterback that the L.A. Chargers are looking for. Awesome. Such good stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, Aaron, is there? do you have any questions you want to uh, uh, get to before we, we wrap up? No, I just, I you know, I, the Ducks are always an entertaining team and uh, always looking forward to what – new uniforms that they're breaking out there and always, you know, they look the best when it comes to, uh, you know, being on the football field. So I, I hope we get the opportunity uh, sooner rather than later to get to see those guys out there, you know, rocking new duds. 
Well, as long as as long as we're touching on it, I've been harping on this for the last couple of weeks that Mario Cristobal is bringing sort of an SEC. I mean, he was a recruiter for Nick Saban. He's got this SEC recruitment mentality, which I think is really changing the way Oregon is going to be moving forward. He's focusing on attracting skill positions by making the Oregon offense more like a pro-style offense and really attracting in some of those skill positions where guys can look forward to coming to Oregon and moving on to the next level because we haven't had, I mean, big fan of Juwan Johnson, really excited to see him go to the Saints as an undrafted free agent, but uh, the fact that they're going to be looking to surround the future quarterbacks with some of this elite skill position talent really bodes well for the Oregon program. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the green and gold uh, moving forward. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron. Really appreciate it. All right. That's been Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Uh, Aaron, where can they reach you on social media? Anything you want to say to the gentle listeners before we say goodbye here? Yeah, people can check me out if they're interested in following along um, Bryson's journey in Atlanta. Hopefully we, we, we actually get to see him on the football field uh, along with everybody else in the NFL uh, later this summer. But uh, you can follow me on Falcfans, F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S, and of course on the Locked on Falcons podcast as well as Locked on Falcons on Twitter. Yeah, the Oregon faithful, they love to follow our guys into the NFL. I know a lot of folks uh, uh, tuning in to to see what Marcus Mariota is going to do down in Las Vegas, and I know they're going to be following Bryson in, in Atlanta. So really appreciate you coming on today. Stay safe, stay healthy, and remember to be happy during these, what you know with some pretty crazy times. I really appreciate you coming on, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care, Aaron. All right, that was the interview with Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons talking about Bryson Young, a bright young prospect. Super excited to have him headed there, and I think he's going to do great things and get a chance to prove himself, and we will be following his career with great interest, as they say, and following up with Aaron when he's uh, made a, a starter in the next year or two. Very excited about that. Good stuff. Locked On Falcons. Go ahead and check out Locked On Falcons and Locked On Ravens. Uh, these Locked On Network shows have some great connections in the football world. The national shows are so entertaining. And if you're a listener of either of those shows, really appreciate you tuning in today to go ahead and get a feel for the Ducks football, Ducks basketball. We talk about it all here on Locked On Ducks. My name is Jordan Long, your host. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy, and you can follow the show at Locked On Ducks. And we always appreciate comments and questions, concerns, ideas, the whole nine yards at the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod. Don't forget to click uh, subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. And I'm going to go ahead and move on. We're going on a little long here. Have a great day. Take care. Be safe. Be healthy. Love y'all. Take care. Go Ducks!